this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the New Books Network. Fling the body into an expanse of blue wasn't about dispelling grief, but about preserving joy. Eve needed to jump before the upcoming minutes, days, months began their demolishing of an entire life that had been so carefully built, every decision made to prioritize love, her family, her husband, her son, and it had yielded unspeakable rewards. This is G.P. Gottlieb, host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. And today I'm talking to Abigail Nguyen Rosewood, author of Constellations of Eve. In this winsome tale of three adults and a child who are bound together over the course of a variety of lifetimes, everyone gets a chance to succeed and everyone gets to fail. Sometimes Eve is the beautiful one married to Liam, the man of her dreams. Sometimes it's Perry who is with Liam, or she's the beautiful model upon whom Eve's career is built. And Blue is either a beloved son, a sweet memory, or a grown-up who never understood his parents' relationship. In all versions, all constellations of Eve, love, art, obsession, and death play a role. Hi, Abigail. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Gillette. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So what triggered the idea for writing this novel? Um, So Constellations of Eve, um, I started writing it uh, in in 2018. And it was sort of around the time where my um, relationship with my husband was kind of at a crossroad. There was a lot of things that we were going through. Um, and I had, you know, I was going through some doubts and, um, we had, a, we have a lot of love for each other, but I think those questions are natural when, um, when your relationship is, you know, when you're suffering, um, in your relationship. And so that's when I started writing the book and, uh, you know, and had, and, and try to give myself some answers through fiction. 
Wow, that's so interesting. How would you, as opposed to your PR team, describe this novel? And what would you hope that a reader takes away from it? Oh, wow, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I think for me, this novel is about how in my about my belief in love transcending time and space. Um, in the idea that people will meet again and again um, if they are meant to be together, um, and that and that you can have you can love each other and you can have love, and sometimes that's actually not enough to keep two people together. Um, that's how I would describe it myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. The characters undergo transformation, sometimes appearing as strong and decisive, and other times as anguished or nearly unable to function. What are you describing here? Um, I think it was my own the, my own emotions that I felt um, in my relationship. And so I think I really try to convey that through the different characters and what you picked up on um, the anguish um, was really personal to me, but I also think you're really insightful in picking up on the transformation because I do think that through pain, we do grow. And so I think that's what um, I was trying to convey. Yeah, I, c- I could see that. What is the significance of the child's name? Um. <laughs> Uh, so the ch- the child's uh, name is Blue, and I just I, I think the color blue um, is really uh, an emotional color, but it's also a very melancholy color. I think that's why um, it's one of Van Gogh's you know um, main colors like phase that he went through. He went through a yellow phase, and he also went through a blue face and I was really inspired by many of Van Gogh's paintings. Um, as for myself, I, I also, I also felt like it's, it's a, it's a beautiful color that I felt like, you know, the, the child is a gift. Um, but when, you know, when the circumstance that he came into being also had a lot of sadness so I think that was kind of my signal that. Why is Perry so important in all versions of Eve's lives? Who is she? Um, so Perry is both a friend um, to Eve and the muse. And I also see Perry as kind of um, the embodiment of the artist kind of uh, wrestle the, the artist, you know, uh, subject or topic that that he or she or they wrestle with the, the obsession that they keep returning to, and so I think Perry for me is kind of the personification of the the things that I keep returning to in writing, um, and 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 my way of wrestling with those topics over and over. And so Perry is both an embodiment of beauty um, and seduction and um, charm, but 
but also a lot of darkness um, and 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 failure and and envy, all of those those things that you experience when um, in the art, I think. Eve's mother doesn't show up in every story, but when but she has she's she does show up. Why does she warn Eve about recognizing beauty? Mm. That's a good question. I think I think beauty is um, there obviously there are many there are many definitions to it and I I wanted to kind of introduce that tension between the way that that her mother sees what beauty what what beauty means to her mother and and how that has influenced Eve's choices in life. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I actually answered that question. Sorry. Well I, I see I see where you're going with that. On a follow up question, so where's the rest of the family for anybody? Um you know I don't in my mind, this is more of, of the, the way I wrote the story felt more like a fable to me. And the isolation is very important to these characters. So I didn't feel, even though Liam's father is um, briefly featured and Eve's mother, I didn't feel like it was, it, it serves a story to include them. Hmm. Okay. Why is the trio of Eve... Liam and Perry constantly shape-shifting then? I think that actually goes back to my upbringing, you know, in uh, Buddhism. And there's, uh, there is some parts of Buddhism, there's a belief that, um, that if people, people will meet again in different lifetime and that, that meeting somebody again could actually mean that you have you owe them a debt from a previous life, um, and so so being bound together, the soul like you know trend you know uh, the soul's migration across these lifetimes, um, and and they and their meeting again and again could be due to love, could be due to debt, could be due to something that that they haven't worked out yet. And I think these three souls and these three people are, are bound together in this way. And so that's why the different versions, some of it is about love and some of it is, you know, actually hate and some of it is other things. Wow. So you also wrote in your acknowledgments that you've been looking for signs of your own father's reincarnation. Can you say more about that? Yes, um, I think I'm always looking for him. Um, I every morning, like part of my morning routine is, you know, I light an incense and I pray to him and and I I kind of talk to him and tell him what I hope for my day. And I think because I've actually never met him, um, maybe that makes it my in some strange ways that makes my connection to him even stronger because I can manis- manifest him anywhere. Um, and I see him in nature. I can see him, you know, in myself. Um, and especially when I'm writing, I, I feel his presence. Um, he was he he was not a writer, but I read his um, I read his letters 
to my mom when they first fell in love and he was, um, they first got, well, when they first got married and he was on a, a boat for many months and, and didn't see her. And so I read, I read many of his letters and I, I really felt myself through his words as well. Um, so I don't know if he's, you know, like literally reincarnated, but, um, but I, I hope so. <laughs> what a beautiful thought that, that that's lovely that, that you're able to have that gift of the letters and to see, to see him in that way. Can you say more about the repeating tropes that you include, like, for example, the two cubes of sugar with a tablespoon of honey, which ugh, oh. <laughs> doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound good to me either. Um, I, I I love that that you noticed that detail. Um, I think I think there are those are the kind of details that are, you know, maybe insignificant to one person, but it's the things that the quirks that we notice about the people that we love, that they do something really strange. Um, and I think the recurring um, detail makes me kind of ground a character and like shape who they are. And also that detail is the reason why, um, a strange reason why like Eve really latches on to that and things that maybe Perry and Liam belong together because they both do this. And it's just so strange that she can know two people that would, that would add both tea and uh, both honey and sugar to their tea at the same time. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's still gross, but okay. So what about Liam makes him revolve around the sun that is Eve? What makes Liam revolve around Eve? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if if that's how I really saw it. Actually, um, I think I feel like they. I when I was writing it, I guess I was focusing more on her revolving around him, but maybe. That's yeah. That's interesting to hear your re- your reaction or that your your um, how you see it. Um, I think I think part of it maybe that you know he's he never really fully understands her, but um, and that she's still a mystery to him, and mm. and in some ways that keeps him revolving around her, perhaps. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You know... Uh, it seems to me like another character in the book is honesty. It's not a character, but honesty and the lack thereof. Can you address that? Yes. Um, yeah, I think I, I, if I remember correctly, I in the earlier in the early pages of the chapter, I talked 
about how how in every relationship or perhaps every marriage like rested on one necessary lie um and and so i you're right that honesty and and betrayal and, and you know white lies or whatever it is is a big part of of the book or the, the undercurrent um, that mm-hmm. carries the story um and and i think i think yeah i think that the all, all three characters don't ma- don't quite manage to to tell each other the truth um and deceit is a really a, a really big part of their relationships um and perhaps that's why that's why it's it, it becomes so entangled later on um you know if they could have you know if they were perfect people who could have clearly communicated um, with each other it wouldn't it wouldn't be so difficult but they just couldn't and they had so much to hide and they had they fear so much um, and they had so much to they had so much shame perhaps about themselves to, to really show you know Eve especially as a character um, had a lot of envy and so I think I think she was maybe ashamed to 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 reveal that mm-hmm do all of these interactions, all these lives take place in a specific geographical setting? And, and if the three lives keep intersecting, what's happening to all the lives of the people around them? Mm. Um, in my mind, you know, I think perhaps because of my background as um, a Vietnamese-American immigrant and my very lack of... Um, connectedness to geography and to uh, rootedness my, my writing it's um, it's always shown through in my writing that that I don't I'm not I don't ever really focus on place and so there's this kind of floaty kind of feeling and mm-hmm. fable atmosphere um, in my writing and and that's that's actually, you know, maybe I, I, at this point I've kind of embraced it. So there's no, there's no exact geographical location. Um, and in terms of the the people around these three characters, um, you know, it it goes back to earlier about where, you know, what happens to to their family and friends, and it it just that's that wasn't the story that I was interested in. I was only invest, invested in these three people. Hmm, I get it. In one of their lives, Liam tells Eve that the only thing he wants on his obituary is that he loved her well. Why doesn't he want something about himself? Hmm. I perhaps that um, perhaps he saw her as kind of his great love and that, you know, when maybe it's a romantic view, but perhaps going through life of having truly loved is, uh, is an accomplishment and is part of an identity that you can be proud of. This is just my guess. Um, it's, it's, it's a line that, you know, my husband said to me, um, actually during a, a difficult time in our relationship and 
you know. So I think it was to show me that that even though we were we were we were struggling, that 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 there was love there, and and he really wanted me to understand that. So that was actually his his word by word line. So I'm just speculating <laughs> on, uh, and I, I you know I, I it fits well with that character. So I could see you hearing that line and just tucking it away because it, it's really quite remarkable. I could see that. Yeah, it shocked me. Yeah. It shocked me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was. It's shocking to read too, and you think. What? But now it makes even more sense. Wow. So interesting. So Abigail, what are you working on next? Um, so right now I'm really interested in um, the idea of gossip <laughs> um, and kind of uh, gossip as, as family mythology. Um, so I'm, uh, I was just in Vietnam recently to visit my grandmother who's sick um so you know just talking to her and listening to some of the tales that didn't match up with what my mother told me um about about her childhood um and so I'm, I'm really interested right now in exploring like family legacy especially as they passed down by women um and family mythology so interesting, but I'm just, as a mother, <laughs> I would definitely want my kids, if they were writers, to write what I told them and not what my elderly mother told them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, just keep that in mind. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Uh, it's, it's been such a pleasure to, to talk with you and and just to hear like how it's... Um, it's an honor that you read the book so closely and you you have such a lovely, lovely voice. I've never met you, but you have such a lovely voice. And, and actually I feel like I'm in a little bit of, little bit of a trance, like listening to you. <laughs> I do that to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's quite remarkable. So thank you. And thank you for joining me today. Again, this is GP Gottlieb, author of the whipped and sipped mystery series and host for new books and literature a podcast channel on the New Books Network. Today I've been talking to author Abigail Nguyen Rosewood about her poetic novel, Constellations of Eve. Hope you're all able to lose yourself in a good book today and tomorrow too. Happy reading.